From Ranch TV Studios, this is Beef with Millennials, hosted by Allie, Julia, and Corey. We're here to give you the facts on beef production and how we as millennials can make an impact on the future of the beef industry. Our first official episode of Beef with Millennials is going to be an overview of the segments of the beef industry. I'm Allie Cantrell, and we will discuss each segment and how they operate, while also debunking some specific myths that the media spreads about beef production. So how does the journey begin from pasture to plate? I was very fortunate to grow up on a cow-calf ranching operation close to Fort Worth, Texas, and honestly, that is where it all begins in beef production. Each beef product you could you see in the grocery store has its origin story at a small or large cow-calf operation. My family's operation is a commercial operation and we are we breed cow, our cows to produce calves that will be sent to a feedlot or packing plant. This is a little different from seed stock operators who breed their cows to produce calves that will be used for breeding. Seed stock operators breed for superior traits that can be used to improve commercial herd performance. Cow-calf producers are the heart of the industry and they can accomplish this on fairly small operations. So Allie, you keep saying there are small sized operations and large sized operations. What is the average size of cow-calf herds? So the average herd size is actually 35 to 40 cows, and this makes up about 94% of beef operations. So Allie, how long does a calf stay on the cow-calf operation before it's weaned and moves into the next phase of production? Well, Julia, this can depend on what the calf is being used for. Usually about seven to 10 months after they've been born, they're weaned from, their, from the cow. And eventually, if they're a replacement heifer for a seed stock operator, or if they're just a commercial calf, they'll usually either be sent to another stalker operation to be fed out and then brought into the packing plant. If they're kept for a breeding heifer or a replacement heifer, they're usually kept on the operation and used for, and used for a different operation and breeding, and they're usually kept till about puberty when they're able to produce a calf. According to Dr. Jude Capper, who did a retrospective look at explaining how the beef industry has improved from 1977, she's also an animal scientist researching resource use and greenhouse gas emissions from animal agriculture, said that beef per animal is now at 131%, so it has increased by 31% of beef product per animal since 1977. And we are taking less time to produce this beef. In 1977, it took five animals to produce the same amount of beef as four animals in 2007, with 124 less days on feed to slaughter. All of this is done on fairly small operations. About 94% of beef operations have less than 100 cows. This includes my family farm as well. But they account for almost 52% of the inventory. Of the 130,000 operations, 0.5% of herds have 500 or more. So it all begins on a small operation, but ends in the grocery store. Coming from a commercial steer background, I have experience with most phases of the beef industry, but the two that I focused on the most was the stalker and feedlot phases. Once I purchased commercial steers, unless I knew the background they came from, 
The first thing I did was put them on a VAC 45 program. Most calves go through a VAC program prior to entering the stalker phase or during it. VAC stands for Value Added Calf, and during these programs, calves are vaccinated to raise their level of resistance to viruses and other pathogens. They are also fully weaned during this time and are bunk broke. This means that they are taught how to eat from a feed bunk. The main purpose of the stalker phase is to prepare cattle to enter the next phase of production. So from here, they would enter the feedlot. Okay, hold on, I'm gonna restart that. <clears throat> from here, I would in initiate them into a feedlot setting to finish them out before competition. The feedlot is the main growing phase of beef production. As of January 2016, there are 20,219 feedlots in the United States with 13.1 million head of cattle on feed. Most feed yards are located in the Midwest and the Panhandle of Texas. Once calves enter this phase, they are kept on feed approximately 100 to 200 days. Corey, what would you say is the equivalent of 300 to 400 square feet of space? That way the listeners have more of a visual of the amount of space cattle are given in the feed yard. Well, Julia, when you consider that the average dorm room is somewhere around 150 square feet, you find that each head of cattle in a feed yard has about two and a half times the amount of space that the average college student is allotted in the residency hall. But how do you explain when, cat when you see pictures of cattle in a feed yard that are in such close quarters together? Well, to explain that, Allie, cattle are naturally gregarious animals, which means that they like to herd together. Most pictures that are taken in a feedlot show cattle in the bunk eating, so it shows them all together in a group. But when you actually look at the aerial view of a feedlot, you can see that cattle are allotted a lot more space that are shown in controversial pictures online. Cattle are kept in dry lots where they are given around 300 to 400 square feet of space per head. During this time, they are fed a high energy diet to increase their average daily gain and feed conversion. With cattle being fed in pens like this, it is easier and takes less manpower to produce the amount of beef necessary to feed the world. Workers are constantly working to reduce the stress level of cattle. Cattle under stress conditions do not produce efficiently. Once cattle weigh This is Julia, and next I'll be talking about the packer operation, also known as the slaughter facility, and its processes to produce beef products. First, animals are brought to the packing plant via commercial trailers. They travel anywhere from two to four hours, sometimes as little as 15 minutes, and sometimes a little longer. These packing plants are often in areas close to the feed yards so that there's minimal stress on the animals as they move from the feedlots to the packing facility. Once they arrive at the packing plant, they are unloaded calmly and on non-slip flooring to prevent slips and falls and to allow the animals to remain calm and once again, not stressed. The cattle are then placed into pens and rested for several hours prior to slaughter in order to allow them time to adjust, calm down, and have access to water. These pens are typically filled to about 75% capacity to allow the animals room to move around and also allow the workers to have space to work safely around the animals. Animal welfare and care is of the utmost priority for several reasons. Firstly, it is the ethical and right way to manage cattle. These cattle are the livelihood of ranchers across the nation and it is important to treat them with respect and proper handling. 
Secondly, if animals are treated poorly prior to slaughter, it damages the meat that is harvested from the animal, harvested from the animal, and causes it to become tougher or bruised and is therefore not fit for human consumption or the marketplace. Once the cattle have been properly rested and are calm, they are moved into the slaughter facility. They are taken from the pens and are calmly moved down the alley, preferably in smaller groups, which allows them to be easier to handle while maintaining their comfort of moving with a herd. Many packing facilities are designed by Dr. Temple Grandin, a leading animal welfare expert who we will discuss next week in our podcast. They are designed with the priority of minimizing animal stress and increasing animal comfort. As the animals are moved, it is pivotal that it is done calmly. Flags and rattle paddles are used to direct their movement rather than using hot shots, which are unfavorable to both animal welfare and product quality. The animals are moved into the restrainer system via non-slip ramps to provide them with a safe and calm entrance. Once in the restrainer system, a captive bolt stunning system is used to stun the animals. It destroys all brain function so that the animal is completely stunned and not capable of feeling any pain or discomfort. Videos are often shown with the animals kicking their free leg as it hangs and moves through the conveyor. However, this uncoordinated kicking is a spinal reflex caused by hyperactivity of the spine. If you look at these animals, their head is not moving, the tongue is extended and flaccid, and they are otherwise immobile, all being signs that the animal is completely dead. After several minutes of bleeding, the animal enters the main slaughter hall where the hide and internal organs are removed. This is done carefully to prevent contamination of the carcass that could pose a food safety issue further into the process. Once this is completed, the carcass is moved into the chiller to be chilled overnight in a large cooler before it is then cut into primal and subprimal cuts, which are then cut into smaller cuts for restaurant and consumer use. We must remember that animal welfare is of the utmost importance throughout their lives, even down to the last moments before slaughter. It is the ethical and right thing to do. We accomplish this through several avenues and ensure its continuity throughout the process through proper training of employees, management practices, and audits. As hosts of Beef with Millennials, we wanted to take time during our first podcast episode to describe the different phases of production in the beef industry in order to give our listeners a solid foundation in the topics we'll be discussing in future episodes. If you want to learn more about the beef industry or any of the topics we address today, check out our website at ranchtv.org or visit our YouTube channel for over a thousand videos on different topics within the industry. Next week, we will talk about animal welfare and the impact that Dr. Temple Grandin has had on the livestock industry. Also, if you want to stay up to date with all the things happening at Ranch TV, search for us on Facebook at Ranch TV. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Ranch TVU. Thanks for joining us and tune in next week to hear about Dr. Temple Grandin and her great impact on animal welfare in the beef industry.